load it in. Go live. We're going live. We should be live now, folks. I'm going to give it about five seconds here just to let it catch up. Alrighty, folks. Welcome to this edition of the Kino Drome. We got an incredible debate for you guys here tonight between Stardust, who's more of a liberal, and CWC, who's more of a right-wing type guy there. They're going to be debating immigration for you guys here tonight. We're just going with a broader topic. It's going to be more of an informal discussion. But you guys are going to be able to send in, through stream elements, your questions for Stardust and CWC. Hopefully not every super chat is just calling Stardust an awful bitch or whatever, but I'm expecting probably a lot of that. Um, folks, it's going to be an incredible show. We apparently have Brian Dunn, who's going to join us as the special enforcer. Special enforcer Brian Dunn, folks, who might join us for a, a bit there. But uh, is everything looking good with the audio and the visual and everything like that? I think it's looking good. He's saying it echoes when I get loud. Someone's headset is too high. Well, whatever the fuck. Let's just get into it. Um, I'm going to go to Stardust first. Stardust, give us your introductory statement. Let us know who you are, why mm -hmm. you're here, You know what your position is on the immigration issue in the United States, and then we'll go to CWC and he'll do the same thing. Okay, uh, so I'm Stardust. Uh, oh, uh, is that me or uh, here? Let me just turn this up. Uh, uh, I'm Stardust, and I stream on Twitch mostly, but sometimes on YouTube. Um, and yes, I am a liberal. Um, I tend to make a lot of people on both sides of the aisle pretty mad at me. I don't really know why, but it happens a lot. Um, but anyways, um, uh, thank you for having me on your show. Um, and I am taking the position that immigration is beneficial to the country. Uh, I have an opening statement if, if now would be a good time to go. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So despite America and many other first world nations benefiting from immigrants, immigration remains a heated topic. It's an issue that's been pointed out as the cause of all of our problems in modern society. Many point to a variety of possible negative outcomes of immigration, such as lower wages, abuse of the welfare state, increasing the budget deficit, and government debt. These things simply aren't true. Immigrants are typically attracted to growing regions, and they increase the supply and demand sides of the economy once they are there, expanding employment opportunities. Most legal immigrants do not have access to welfare for their first five years in America, with few exceptions, and most illegal immigrants don't have access at all except for emergency Medicaid. Studies show that even immigrants in the United States have about a net zero impact on government budgets. Other arguments are more about society. People claim that today's immigrants don't assimilate like immigrants from previous waves did. However, research indicates immigrants are assimilating as well or better than previous immigrant groups, even Mexicans. Uh, what about crime? Findings show that illegal immigration is not correlated with violent crime rates, nor is it causal. Illegal immigrants are much less likely to be incarcerated than native-born Americans. Immigrants are a source of a country's wealth. Higher levels of diversity contribute directly to improved performance of American firms. Um, in this debate, I hope that we will have a productive conversation about immigration and how we can benefit and grow our country through immigrants. Uh, because some of my favorite parts of America are where cultures collide and make new things. 
Okay, and one thing, people are saying that Stardust volume is a bit too loud. I'm not sure if there's anything that the constable there can do about this. I'll turn and my game just up. Been, okay, we've just been joined by the special enforcer, the second moderator, Brian, who will be assisting us throughout this debate to ensure that things go smoothly and that we stay on topic. But we're going to go to CWC for his opening statement. Let us know who you are, why you're here, what yes. your position is on immigration, and if you want to start responding to anything Stardust said in her opening statement. All right. Well, my name is Ryan Sanchez. I'm a Inks community organizer here in Southern California. I'm a nationalist, and I'm here to argue that immigration is harmful to the country, especially uh, to agree and, uh, the rapid pace that's happening. Um, my arguments are going to be simple. Um, my arguments are that immigration suppresses the price of labor. Immigration atomizes people by diluting the culture and it destabilizes. Finally, uh, the economic benefits of immigration primarily benefit 1% the owners of capital. That's it. That's it from CWC there. Um, apparently, my audio is now too low. I don't know how much I'm going to listen to the chat on this, but we'll see if we can get my audio boosted up a little bit. Um, now, Stardust's arguments have, you know, in our opening statement, Ryan, have mostly focused on economic issues. And this is typically the argument that is made is that, you know, we need immigrants to support our economy, that immigration actually creates more jobs than it would take away from the domestic population, and that, you know, immigration does support, for instance, the social security system from collapsing. What would you say to those sort of economic arguments, Ryan? And then I'll, I'll kind of open it up between you. Well, I'd say if you need to import millions of people to keep the social security system collapsing, sounds like a Ponzi scheme to it doesn't sound sustainable. And uh, I would say that both low-skilled and high-skilled immigrants uh, damage the job market for native You know, people like to say, oh, well, we need only high-skilled immigrants. Well, tell that to all the young men who graduated medical got a CS degree, and they're being displaced in Silicon Valley by Russian or Indian uh, visa work. And I, I think the economic, I think it's funny that a lot of leftists argue the economic benefits of immigration, but they're forsaking the workers, the native-born workers. A lot of these low-skilled jobs, which uh, primarily went to working-class white or African-American people, are being taken over by migrant workers. Now, I would say that if we were to deport all illegal immigrants overnight, that would really damage our food production but for us to say that we permanently need these people and we need to have 18,000 people per day like the DHS is expecting are going to be crossing the border uh if title 42 is repealed there's no way that's sustainable and uh i'm being told my audio's you are cutting it is out cutting out a bit, okay yeah. let me uh mess with the the boys if you guys want to rebut, if you want to rebut that, I'll just yeah, Stardust. If you want to answer kind of what he was saying or bring in your argument, sure. 
sure. So as far as um, immigrants taking American jobs and lowering wages, um, uh, the displacement effect is, is small uh, uh, based on um, studies that I, I've seen. Um, uh, immigrants likely compete most directly against other immigrants already in the country. Um, so the effects on less skilled native-born Americans are probably going to be small or, or actually even positive for them. Well, um, yeah, see, I, I just don't believe that because I've seen all kinds of people. I mean, in my own personal life, which, you know, personal anecdotes don't really have too much weight in a formal debate. But with the rapid changes we've seen, especially here in Southern California and Orange County, we have seen a complete cultural and racial change in such a short period of time. But when my mother was born here, compared to now, it's completely different. And so many people, so many people are graduating. They're getting all the student loan debt. They're indebted to these big um, institutions, these educational institutions, and they are completely being swamped. I mean, why would anybody want to go to college? Why would anybody go dedicate all these years of their lives to become a professional if they're being told that they're just going to have to compete with people from around the world? How is that fulfilling the social contract? Why would anybody feel loyalty to a country when the political leaders are telling us, and which is funny that Republicans honestly are probably the most guilty of this, they're saying, well, we want the skilled immigrants to come in. Well, why would you want to be a skilled uh, professional if we're going to be importing people to compete in these fields? Again, who is that benefiting exactly? I think we fill where we have gaps in labor with what we need, right? So it doesn't really matter so much skilled or unskilled. Um, in general, most studies have shown that immigrants actually increase relative wages for Americans. Um, uh, and uh, they, they actually, uh, native-born Americans do benefit from the increase in, um, in workers who come here. Um, again, they, they, will, also, they contribute to both the supply and the demand sides of the, of the market. So um, they're, they're expanding like, the amount of jobs available. They're expanding the, um, the, the labor pool. They're expanding like the, um, when small business owners um, start opening businesses, that, that's another area where they create jobs. So these are all places where we can see um, a benefit actually to native born Americans. Well, you know, over the last 50 years, we've seen a huge shift. The majority of American workers worked for small businesses, family-owned businesses, and we've seen a shift where the majority of American workers are now working for companies that employ over 100 or even over 1,000 people. So we've seen this real disconnect from this corporate culture where there was a loyalty to the workers, where you could work for Rockwell or you could work for IBM for 30-plus years, and you'd expect to be taken care of. You'd get benefits and you'd retire. Whereas today we have this interchangeability where workers are seen as cogs in a machine. And now international capital is able to not just source goods internationally, we're now actually sourcing labor. So I think this is dehumanizing and commodifying human beings. And when you have to, when you open up the entire world to, uh, compete with this uh, in this international economy, I 
don't see how the native-born Americans are going to benefit from this at all. And uh, also, you know, all these terms like GDP, uh, supply and demand, I really feel like these issues are simply just not that applicable to the everyday person. These are issues that benefit the 1%, the elites. We care about quality of life. We care about our cultural bonds. And just because in this phony economy that benefits the 1%, it's growing the economy. At what cost, though? I mean, how many people aren't able to survive on a living wage? I mean, our grandparents were able to work without a college education. They were able to afford a house or two. My grandfather was able to marry his high school sweetheart, didn't have a college degree, support her at age 20, and uh, live a very comfortable life. But today, people are struggling to even make ends meet. And I live in the most affordable apartment complex in my city, and it's extremely expensive. Nobody can afford this on a minimum wage. And to top it all off, I I can't even talk to my neighbors. They don't even speak English. So... Nobody's benefiting from international capital opening up the borders at all. All right, let's go to Stardust to hear what she has to say. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I understand the issues that you're talking about. Um, and I think that actually has more to do with, with the housing regulations that we have rather than immigration. So with it, we generally like don't have enough houses in a lot of these more populated areas and that kind of drives the popul the the pricing of the housing up right so you've got like this this influx of like people and the labor is needed but um because uh the amount of housing is pretty much the same um that housing the cost of housing does go up so i think an alternative solution and probably a much more direct solution would be to um, to look at these regulations in housing and see what we can do to um, build more more housing for people, um, lower the the prices of housing as a result of that, things like that. However, we wouldn't be bringing immigrants in if we weren't in need of that labor. Um, you can talk to a lot of like IT professionals. You can talk to a lot of medical professionals. A lot of the um, a lot of our aging population in America is actually being taken care of by immigrants. Um, uh, I believe it's like um, only like one fourth of doctors are 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 like white. The rest of them are, are either like non-white or like immigrants. Um, uh, even there's a huge amount of like the elderly care, um, like elderly home care that is made up of immigrants who, those are the people who are taking care of our, our grandparents now. Um, and you may disagree with that, like from like an ideological standpoint, um, but they're still doing like a huge service that that's, that's incredibly needed work. Um, and I, I, I think that for us to limit immigration because of these perceived or these fears that we have when we have all this data to show that actually immigration is really beneficial to us. Well, uh, I'd be interested to see how the uh, relative wages of those fields have, um, have gone over the last 50 years with the uh, influx of skilled people to fill those roles. Um, I think if there was not such a supply of people from other countries immigrating in here, I think the uh, the wages would increase and that would further incentivize more Americans to do those jobs. And uh, as to your previous point, there's a lot of houses out there. 
There are a ton of houses out there. The problem is we have speculation. We have foreign money and we have these big corporations that are buying up and unfairly driving up these prices. And the problem is the U.S. dollar is losing purchasing power. And if purchasing power was not going down and if wages weren't suppressed by immigration, then the housing crisis would be a lot less dire. I don't think that wages are being suppressed by immigration. Again, immigrants um, uh, actually increase the relative wages for a significant portion of Americans. And immigrants that come here are, again, mostly in competition with other immigrants that were already here. Um, so that's who they are competing with for wages. Um, uh, as far as, like, the wages go, um, and uh, there may be, like, a there may be a very good criticism there in that the wages have not kept up um, with the standard of living, but um, I would not relate that to, to immigration. Uh, we have a declining birth rate, um, and it, one of those ways that we fix that is we get immigration, um, we, we get immigrants to come in, and generally people who, who are immigrating to America are people who are admiring our country, right, who want nothing more than to be Americans themselves, right? Um, uh, people who want to partake in this this culture and want to um, uh, share share this with their families, share share this like better life with their families. So I think that for uh, I think we're going to we are going to suffer more if we limit immigration. Um, than we would if we just kept it the way it is or tried to improve um, certain... I mean, we could definitely improve certain systems within w within our current immigration system. But, like, these are, again, these are people who want nothing more than to be Americans like the rest of us, and they want to contribute to the country. They want to be able to proudly say that they are Americans, too. Um, and I think that that's great. I think that it's... it's um, Again, they're you know they're 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 just bringing the wages up for most Americans, really. So I can I can link a um a yeah uh, I, I would be interested to see that yeah. But I mean, increasing the supply of any commodity, even people, tends to drive the price down. So I, I would be interested to see the uh, the study on that. Mm -hmm. But um, you say that. Immigration is it selects for people that admire America, that want nothing more than to be American. Now that may be true for first generation immigrants, but we have no way of ensuring that their children or their children's children are going to be the same way. And we see multiple immigrant groups, like very applicable to me. I live in Irvine, which has a huge Chinese population, and Chinese immigrants are, they tend to be very liberal, very democratic. And uh, a, a perfect example of this was I was at a school board meeting in Yorba Linda uh, two nights ago. And the topic on the docket was whether or not the school district was going to debate or was going to ban critical race theory. And on the right side of the room, we had all of the, um, the nativists, the American um, the Republican side. And then on the left, we had the more leftist uh, pro-CRT crowd. And there was definitely a very large racial component. You know, Yorba Linda um, 
is a pretty white area. And the pro-CRT group, notably half of the people were Chinese immigrants and they were pro-CRT. And the uh, anti-CRT people were almost all white. So the problem is we live in a democracy. And in democracies, it tends to be a racial headcount. And, you know, when you have voting blocks, it tend to be pretty monolithic. Like the Vietnamese tend to vote pretty Republican. The Chinese tend to vote uh, very Democrat. Whites tend to be more Republican here in the county. Um, in my experience in local politics, you see people are specifically courting these racial groups. And it, it has a real destabilizing effect. And... The fact that I can't talk to my neighbors because they barely speak English, the fact that on Halloween, I stood out there with a, a bowl of candy, no kids are trick-or-treating, you know, no one, no one's partaking in these uh, local American traditions. So you say people are excited to be American. Like, what does American even mean if we can't even speak the same language, if people don't have the same culture? I think it's a very hollow premise, and uh, we can, we can, I think we can see the effects of this in, in our daily lives. So what do you say to that? Uh, so I would say, um, first off, I don't want to get into like CRT. I barely understand the issue um, in itself. And from what I can tell, it's like based in more of like a higher academic level. Um, so uh, I, I just don't find it super relevant. But as far as like the children of immigrants, the children of immigrants are still required to learn English growing up. They still partake in the um, the cultural traditions growing up in, um, it, that their classmates do, right? Like I grew up, um, my, my parent, my parents were immigrants, but, um, I grew up still seeing all my friends do certain American traditions and I wanted to partake in those traditions too. Um, I speak English, um, and my children probably will speak English and they will not know their mother tongue. Um, I don't know my mother tongue actually. Um, so, uh, I, I think that, um, uh, the, actually your fears about like the children of immigrants is actually um, the, even less that you, you would need to be worrying about. Um, maybe, I don't know when you were doing the trick-or-treating thing. Was it still COVID when that happened? Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, that's, that's been an issue before COVID. Okay. All right. I'm not really sure why that would happen, but um, uh, I, I guess I've noticed as well that there are less kids going out trick-or-treating. I don't know if Parents are just being more um, protective of their children or something like that, uh, which is a shame because I really liked Halloween. <laughs> but um, uh, also, I mean, it could be that um, a lot of immigrant populations are actually more conservative than the native population and um, more religious than the native population. So you'll often find, like I had a friend growing up whose um, parents were immigrants and she was from a Christian family and her parents didn't let her celebrate Halloween because um, they saw that as like a devil's holiday or something like that, right? So um, there are a whole variety of reasons why that could have happened. I'm not going to like speculate on why, but um, in general, um, it, 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 children of immigrants, they, they grow up, they, they learn the language of the country, they work around people who speak the same language, and even if their parents aren't aware of all of the cultural practices of Americans, um, they still become aware of that through their interactions, through their peers, and through their teachers, and through when they go off to college, things like that. Well, um, 
To your point that a lot of immigrants are conservative, the problem with that is even if they're culturally conservative or even religiously conservative, um, they tend to vote Democrat. So despite their personal beliefs, they, they tend to vote for the Democratic Party, which benefits immigrant groups, which uh, is pro-welfare, pro-more immigration, and that directly contradicts their religious beliefs. And secondly, you know, you, you said you don't even speak your mother tongue. I wouldn't say that's a good thing. I mean, I think you should be you should be aware of the mother tongue of your ancestors. I think everybody should be um, in touch with that. And I think if all America is is this like capitalist entity that just strips the uh, the ethnic ties of everybody who moves there and creates this weird melting pot that is only united by these. Uh, commercialized holidays, uh, I would say that's not a very uh, strong culture by any means. I'd say that you, that would actually be a bad thing. Well, Halloween is a commercialized holiday. So are you pro-Halloween or anti-Halloween? Oh, it certainly is now. I mean, that's like one of the last vestiges. Was it ever not? Culture. Yeah, it was. All Hallows' Eve. I mean, these were these are hundreds of years old Christian traditions that originated in Europe. Okay. All right. Well, I was not aware of that. Um, I would say that. Case in point. Um, I, 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 I would say that still that um, regardless of me not knowing my mother tongue, um, even though I would have liked to learn that, that's something that when I went to kindergarten, my teachers told my parents, like, don't teach her any other language other than English. It's going to confuse her. And this was like in the 90s. And People didn't really know that being bilingual then <laughs> was uh, was actually good for people. But um, I, I think that still um, immigration uh, is is beneficial. I don't know how how immigration is is anti conservative values or anti Christian values. Uh, maybe you could expand on that more for me. Well, I would say not conserving the uh, demographics, not conserving the. Uh... The makeup of the country would not be a conservative thing, first and foremost, because if conservatism is about preserving the traditions of a country, uh, naturally bringing in people with other traditions is going to change that. So, um, you know, if, if conservatism is about the Christian nature of the country, we're bringing in a lot of people who are not Christian. So how would that possibly um conserve the uh the cult the american uh primarily anglo-saxon culture it simply wouldn't the the well the only reason that the american culture is primarily anglo-saxon is because you know a lot of anglo-saxon people immigrated to america um uh in fact a, a lot of um uh, a lot of the Republican Party has, like, the Republican Party has a significant amount of, like, um, of Latino people in it, right? Um, a significant amount of people who are Hispanic. Um, so I don't think conservatism, I mean, I don't really see conservatism as something that is about maintaining necessarily Anglo-Saxon uh, values and traditions, right? What I would see that more as is... Um, a lot of conservatives are very, um, very Christian, very conservative in like their religious values, right? And actually, that goes um, in line with a lot of um, Hispanic families and a lot of uh, even like Asian families who come over. So, um, um, it, it makes it makes more sense to me that if you 
wanted, like, for example, a conservative party to grow, you would actually want more Hispanic people in the country because they tend to tend to vote that way. I mean, you see more and more of um, these Hispanic voters voting Republican. Um, as far as like uh, democracy, you're talking about the CRT thing earlier. Um, I, I guess um, another thing that I, I find kind of curious is that you're saying um, through voting and through this democratic process, people are eroding America or something like that. Um, no, I said people naturally vote for their own um, self-interest. So if mm -hmm. you're an immigrant, if you're part of an immigrant community, uh, it would make sense for them to vote for the Democratic Party, for example, to mm -hmm. vote for these uh, pro-immigration ideologies, which conversely are uh, detrimental to the native-born American. So um, just by virtue of the system. I just have to jump in for a second here. My understanding of it was that other than like Cubans, like Hispanics as a voting block vote Democrat. Isn't that right? Or am I wrong on that startup? Uh, I believe it's, um, I would have to look it up, but I do believe that more and more Hispanic people have been voting conservative. Um, uh, I don't know if it's like a majority yet, but. Um, Not there close is a to a majority. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's a trend though. So and there's a problem, you know. Like, like you got some Mexicans, like you know Nick Fuentes. They're they're like right wing or whatever, but most of them aren't. And so the the when you have more immigration, like for example, Orange County, um, Orange County, which was solidly red for a very long time, flipped blue, and that was completely because of immigration. And in Orange County, we know the El Toro Y, you know, famous because that's where O.J. Simpson was first spotted by the uh, the news during his pursuit. Everything north of the Y, Irvine and up, is uh, non-white. And everything south of the Y is white. And I've worked on local elections. You Literally, you have the racial demographic maps, and they line up almost perfectly with the voting map. So as more non-whites move into Orange County, those areas invariably become blue. And yeah, there are a lot of conservatives that are non-white, and uh, there are more, but it simply is not keeping pace with the uh, the blue tide that is coming down uh, on the backs of immigration. Uh, just to throw out some numbers, in December of 2011, the polls showed that 67% of Latinos said they were Democrats, with 20% saying they were Republicans. In 2018, the House of Representatives election showed that 69% of Latinos voted Democrat, while 29% voted Republicans. So that's the last uh, study I could find. Okay. And, and where, where was that, Brian? You want to throw that into the chat for them just so they can... Oh, that's from that. NBC News. That's from that's NBC. I, mm -hmm. So a super majority of They're going off of poll statistics for the votes. Well, I mean, I still think, though, that that's like an untapped group, right? Uh, if a lot of immigrants especially like immigrants who come over legally are more conservative that that could be a place where a lot of republican people could tap for votes if they did you know and how would we tap how would we tap those votes by uh, appealing to the immigrant communities and uh, making concessions to them i mean what uh, it doesn't even have to be concessions towards the immigrant community if you're the pro family um, party, then that should be enough, right? If you're communicating things that are going to be good for their families too, that that would influence them to vote for that party. I mean, the Republicans have been pro-family. People pro are generally voting. People are voting for for what 
uh, you're right in a sense that people are voting for their interests and those interests are for their families. If you are like, uh, it, it, it makes no sense to me that, that you've got like all of these immigrants that are so much more socially conservative than the average native. Right. And a lot of times even the, the, like the native conservative. Right. Um, and, and if there's something wrong there, if those votes aren't being, um, given to conservatives, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, I think that's the point. You know, they are pro-family, but their family is not my family. And uh, it seems like they their interests do not align with ours. And, you know, despite all the, uh, the LGBT stuff, all the liberalism of the Democratic Party, they still, a supermajority, are still voting for the Democratic Party. So it sounds like there's a disconnect in terms of values and interests. And I think that's my... That's the crux of my argument there. So if, I mean, the divide between the Republican and Democratic Party on all these issues has never been wider. Yet all these uh, immigrants from these Catholic conservative countries are still voting for the Democrats. So um, this doesn't seem so much about immigration, then it seems more like you're concerned about the racial makeup of the voters. Well, I think it's the same issue. Uh, just to throw out some more numbers. So what I could find from some some pollings uh, is that since in the 1960s, about 1961 to now, uh, the numbers for Latins voting for Democrat have been consistently between 57 percent to 70 percent. And the number of Republicans have been between 20 percent to 30 percent consistently for now 40 some odd years. Okay. At least. So it, it hasn't really changed. The The Latin vote is the def, is the defining term that they like to use. Um, or well, the, I, but, I, I, well, I think we should just get to the crux of the matter because CWC has basically said, you know, demographics and immigrant, like for him, the issues go hand in hand. Stardust, do you think that whites in America have a right to preserve their demographic majority? Or do you think it would be acceptable for them to become a minority in America? Because I think that that's kind of where the crux of this is going. Is that is that what you're, I guess I, I would want to ask CWC, is that like your main concern, the demographics? Yes. Okay. Do you think that when people, like, for example, when race mixing happens, everybody becomes a little bit white, you know? <laughs> everybody becomes a little bit more white? or more white people around things like that or are you of the of the thought that that there's another thought where that if there's race mixing um uh anybody who mixes with a race that's not white is automatically non-white like the one drop rule um well those are those are two different uh questions you asked me i mean I think we need to preserve the character, the, the racial character of the country. Um, I'm a nationalist, first and foremost, so I think the nation, the state, should be the same thing. I mean, we see the partition of, uh, of India, where the Pakistan, Pakistan and India split up. We've seen the breakup of Yugoslavia. I think whenever you have a multiracial society, it invariably will fall apart. And the partition of Pakistan and India was because of the British, though. They were the ones who kind of did that. So, Really? So uh, now that the British have no longer been controlling either of those countries, uh, 
surely the Pakistanis and the Indians are they're well, united, you, right? They're, they're they're friendly with each other now, right? No, when you when you split up a when you split up a country like that and you say like, "Oh, you guys are your own sovereign nation." Of course, like that sovereign nation wants to remain sovereign, right? And why is that? Because I think uh, nations have a right to self-determination. Would you agree to that? Sure. So I think the American nation, um, the white Americans who have always made up the majority of this country, have a right to self-determination. And it's no surprise that when the vast majority of immigrants vote consistently against these issues, um, if you look at the polls on uh, Second Amendment issues, uh, free speech absolutism, only whites have a extreme majority supporting these positions, whereas immigrant groups tend to not support these. So, well, this is where course, I just want to cut you off because I, I want to yeah. ask Ardas directly. Do you think that people of European ancestry, Caucasians, becoming a minority in the United States would be a good thing? Because that's the current demographic trend if immigration continues as it is is going. Yeah. So and, I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. I think it's just a thing that's going like that. It's pretty much that's it. Like, um, uh, like we see changes in demographics well, just throughout time. You yeah. Because uh-huh. you say it's not a good thing or a bad thing, but if India was to become majority black, would that also just be a thing? It would just be a thing. It's yeah. If it's something that. I mean, you would still see the culture and the, tra- the traditions passed on. You might see other um, other cultures being integrated, but that's just how the, the society would evolve, right? I don't see that necessarily as a bad thing. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I mean, America used to be majority not white, right? Before. Um, well, that wasn't now- America. That was, that was tribes that were not united. That it was not called America. It wasn't America in any way. America was okay. built by the Europeans who came and brought the European philosophy, the ideas of democracy. I mean, in no way were the Native American tribes that were here or the Aztecs or any of the, uh, the natives America. We, the West was tamed by the colonists who brought law and civilization so um, America, as we understand it, has always been a majority white. And whenever people hearken back to the 40s or 50s, when America was at its peak, it was 90% white. Ironically, America actually became more white over time, and the white percentage peaked during uh, World War II. So, uh, Just to pull out some more facts. So in America, specifically, from when I, as I've been sitting here, I've just been researching and gathering questions. Um, and some of the topics you guys are talking about. When you talk about, uh, just to go back on PPB's question about if India was to turn black as an example of like cultural shifts from minority to majority kind of stuff. Um, in America, this this was already tested in the 1800s and the 1700s um, during the railroads and things like that. Uh, and they found out that minorities, specifically in this case, what I'm using is Chinatowns, uh, would form their own cliques and completely... Uh, abstain from anything that you would consider Americanized culture or white cultures. The Irish did it. So, um, so, yeah, yeah, Italians as well do that. Yeah, all, like of, it, all of them. At it, a certain it, point, like all of these. Yeah. At but a they, certain never, point, they never melded with the culture. So what, what I'm okay. saying is, is that 
statistically speaking and just from the research of just we have from Americanized culture, just building the railroads, going west, you know, taming the Wild West and building America itself um, across the board. None of the any of the minorities ever assimilated to this day. I mean, even to this day, fully to the culture that would be considered American. What does assimilation mean then? Well, what would be considered American, you know, like the pride in your nation, the American dream, that kind of stuff. Most of them stayed within their own cultures and their cliques. I mean, to this day, you can still go to New York. You have Chinatown. You can still go. Having a Chinatown or having an India town necessarily means that people aren't proud of being American. People are proud of their their cultural identity, but they're still proud of being American. If anything, I see more conservatives who are actually like less proud of being American and more like, oh, America's so bad. Then I see a lot of immigrant populations. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Also, the idea of what white is has changed over time. I mean, the Irish weren't considered white for a while, right? Um, now they are um but we've seen this like these these little clicks fragmenting and and that doesn't necessarily mean that those people don't value their presence as americans don't value the outside american culture um you'll see plenty of immigrant families who will who will partake in fourth of july and they'll make their own food for it but they're still celebrating america's independence I just was putting out the statistics, that's all. Okay, I'm just saying, I see way more people, way more immigrants who are proud of their American identity than I see conservatives who are proud of their American identity. And this is a real fucking shame. If you ask me, that's a real fucking shame, okay? Because I always tell people, I am so proud of being American. I am always American. And before anything else in in my lineage, before anything in my culture, I'm always American, number one, first, right? And then everything else comes secondary to that. And you know what? I may have grown up around people who, I'm sorry, didn't mean to be too loud or anything. No, it's good. um, It's very good that you're being passionate. (laughs) Wake up the audience. I want to get it back to CWC, but I'd ask you, what does being American mean to you? Because if America isn't an ethnicity, like some people would say, how do you define being American? I define being American as as we are a group of people who grew up um, being taught the values of of liberty, of um, freedom of speech, of of our own autonomy, self autonomy, self determination. Those are things that are so so important for like the American um, the American like spirit. Is that's what I think. The American spirit is is that is that. Um, individualism, um, while still being able to take care of your family, but like this self-autonomy, self-determination, um, and um, sharing um, these, um, sharing like, again, July 4th, independence, right? Um, uh, sharing Thanksgiving, right? The, the, um, the growth um, and uh, the connection of like people from different countries and, and not countries, different cultures melding together, um, democracy, right? Anything that that is an inherent part of democracy is also part of American culture. Um, so there are all these things, and throughout the generations, through I mean, we're still a relatively new country, but you can still look at history and see like where different influences have come in. Um, also another thing, a huge thing are, um, is the movies and the films that we put out. Um, we have like such a cultural influence globally, right? The music that we put out and our music is like, um, is banger. Um, just because, uh, 
you know, we've, we've had all of this like mixing, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I think that being American is not about being a race. It's not about Anglo-Saxon. It's about, it's about having the spirit of democracy, the spirit of Americanism in you, the, the um, self-determination, the value in democracy, the, the, the value in that, like, we as a people, we elect people to represent us, and we, have, we, we volunteer our will when the majority of the people decide that a decision is best for the country, we go with that. We go with that. PWC, what would you say to that, that being American is about having the spirit of democracy in you and about the principles of the Constitution and the founding? And that's what defines what being an American is, as opposed to your ethnicity or the religion of the people that were there at America's founding. What would you say to that? Right. So. Here's my, my greatest fear. When we make the claim that we are a country based on civic nationalism, that we're united based on our ideas, what happens when we no longer can agree on these ideas? What happens when we no longer have a consensus on what we're even fighting for, like what the whole point of all of this is, this entire national experiment? Um, I think... We're going to fraction and fracture based on the things that we do know, uh, who we are, where our families came from, and what our cultural values are. And I think this is a recipe for disaster. And you said, um, as Americans, we believe in the value of democracy, and we do whatever the majority of people agree on, and we all just go with that. Well, with immigration, we're changing who the people are. We're messing with who the majority of the people are. And with immigration, you can you can understand how a native-born American, they see all these people being brought in in such a short period of time, and now they're being told, like, oh, well, they're the majority now, and you just have to go along with it. Why would native-born Americans agree to that? How, how does that benefit the native-born Americans if a bunch of people can come in and uh, just outnumber you? It makes no sense. Okay, we were so never asked. We, were never, we never voted on this. The uh, Hart Seller Act was explicitly sold to the American people as this will not change the demographic makeup of the country. This will not upset the racial balance in this country. And sure enough, in under 50 years, uh, we're now a minority here in California, and current trends continue. We'll be a minority in the whole country. And we're already seeing the fractures start to start. We're already seeing the tensions rising in America. We're seeing the violence. We're seeing the tearing down of the statues like we did during the Summer of Love. Um, and I think America is more fractured than it has been in a very long time. And during the first Civil War, we were still united on, you know, the spirit of the American Revolution, George Washington. Both sides consider themselves the heirs to the Founding Fathers. Um, I think we have a lot less in common in 2022 than we all did in 1860. So... I am really worried to see how this is going to play out if we don't put a handle on this dire crisis. Okay, so uh, what I would say is um, there is a large amount of research that actually contradicts what you're saying and indicates that immigrants are assimilating as well as or better than previous immigrant groups. Um, also, through intermarriage and time, um, more educated descendants of Hispanic immigrants fail to identify as Hispanic, um, and uh, and they tend to identify more like white. Um, 
another thing I would say is that um, uh, these base values that we have that are that are have been given to us through the Constitution and through our history as Americans, um, freedom, self-autonomy, democracy. These are things that we may disagree on the on the finer details of. Um, because we're all from like different groups and things like that. But the basic value of freedom and the basic value of self-autonomy, self-determination, um, and, and the idea that you can work hard and achieve anything in this country, these are things that are still constants that have never changed, right? The idea of how, how hard work can give you a better life. Right. And how and, and how um, Americans um, were like we're all neighbors, regardless of like w- what the ethnic group is next door. And um, and when we're suffering, we're suffering together, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yes, yes, the, the demographics can change. But that doesn't change. Um, that doesn't mean that the culture itself has changed. That doesn't mean the base values them, themselves have changed. Again, immigrants are assimilating as well or better than previous immigrants. I just wanted to kind of interject a little bit on this because you're saying, you know, the studies that you've seen have shown that there's no, you know, issues with social cohesion, with having different racial groups together. What would you say? Because we did see during the, the, the pandemic, a large amount of hate crimes against Chinese immigrants to America and a lot of the time it was by African Americans. So do you, do you view that as a problem with social cohesion by immigration? That you have these groups that have never traditionally lived together that are now living together and it's tribal. And that's just, you know, how people are. They tend to be tribal. Like, how do you view that? Do you see that as a problem with social cohesion or no? So, yeah, they they um, they have lived together in the past, but I do definitely acknowledge that there was an issue there. And I think a lot of that has to do with like the um, the level of, of education um, in that area, as well as like the amount of misinformation that's just going around in the media nowadays. I mean, I don't think anybody here can like really disagree with like, we don't know what the facts are anymore. We live in a post-truth kind of world right now. Um, so I think a lot of that has to do with it. And certainly, um, uh, certainly like fear breeds ignorance, right? So I think through education um, and uh through um, just like better messaging, these are these are things that can be alleviated and and fixed. Um, and obviously, like poverty is like um is also a huge factor in crime. So yeah, uh, just have to, to study all that. Just to interject for you guys for some talking points on on this subject. Sure. Um, we're talking about American culture and stuff like that. And you mentioned like movies, and you also mentioned white ethnicity and stuff like that. Um, just a few things uh we've seen over the last three years or so so uh, when you talk about social cohesion in american culture um can either of you guys describe or explain your sides on the opinion of uh, a lot of minorities some most of them actually uh with higher educations destroying statues of like george washington abraham lincoln the remove the the states uh insinuating by removing more statues um, and stuff like that. Uh, you see more of like sanctuary cities and, and more protections for these kind of behaviors. Um, do you guys think that uh, this has anything to do with minority cohesion? And, Amer- and do you think that is also a good way of going in American culture or a bad way of going? And if so, how would you guys describe it? Uh, 
Do you want me to start? I, I guess I'll just sure. go. Well, sure. I would say, you know, more education is actually a bad thing because a lot of these educated minorities are at the forefront of the uh, war on American culture. You see these second generation Asian, Latina, uh, Black uh, people. They're, they're the ones that are leading the charge, tearing down these statues. And uh, just to, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but just, inter, just to add some uh, examples of that, there's things like in Canada, what's considered in the real estate business, the China gold uh, crisis and stuff like that, which is um, uh, Chinese ethnics, first generations coming to Can uh, North America and Canada to buy large swaths of property for the Chinese government under different names. Um, this is well documented. This isn't anything crazy. Um, and so forth, just to add to what you're talking with, but um, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, sorry, we we're talking about the statues. Um, you know, before we had all this immigration, I remember the whole Civil War issue. I lived in Virginia for some time, and we used to have this understanding where North and South, after the Civil War, we all came back together because at the end of the day, we were all. Americans. We were all the sons and daughters of the American Revolution. And after the war, we were able to mend the divide. The, the way everybody has always described the Civil War was it was brother against brother, father against son. And that's why it was so tragic, because both North and South had a common heritage. Today, with all the immigration we have, the statues are being torn down. There's no loyalty. There's no affinity or connection to the Confederacy for a lot of these immigrants. So why would they um, not want to tear down the statue? Because if we're just a country based on ideology, well, uh, the, the Confederates uh, have a different ideology than your average immigrant. So I guess there's just no reason not to drag it into the dust. And that's a real shame because what if we disagree? What if there is disagreement ideologically? Then we still need to have unity and when we don't have cultural or uh, demographic unity, then it's just going to lead to conflict. And we're already seeing they're trying to rename all the bases like Fort AP Hill, Fort Bragg. They're trying to take down the statues of Jefferson. We're seeing uh, works. Uh, we're seeing WPA murals from the 30s being covered up because they're considered chauvinist. So the destruction of American culture. You know, I don't care what all these studies say. We see it. We see the messaging. We see it in the commercials. We see it on the mass media. There is definitely a systematic destruction of American culture. And this is totally the result of immigration, the displacement of the native-born American people. Same, same question for you, Stardust. With the, with, would you say that this is involving immigrants at all or... Is this a completely different thing when it comes to Tara now and uh, like statues that are relevant to America? Yeah. Um, so first off, I would say like, weren't the Confederates traitors? <laughs> um, uh, at least if that's what it, that's what we learned, right? That the Confederates were traitors. Also, they fucking lost, guys. I'm sorry, they lost. Why? Why, why do we have things? That. Why do we have things named after a bunch of fucking losers? I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck. Uh, the, secondly, secondly, Confederates fought for states' rights. States' rights to what? Why don't you answer the question? States' rights to what? 
States rights to own people. That sounds a little bit fucked to me. They can go get fucked. I'm sorry. We can leave. Well, uh, you know what? Confederate flag, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I have friends who have Confederate flags and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, that, you know, I think I mean, Southern culture is I really say, like, would you say, would you say Reconstruction was justified then? Maybe Reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, probably wouldn't have been, I don't know. It, it would not have been my thing to go and, and tear down these statues. But you know what? They're fucking losers anyways. Um, uh, so, um, and you know what, people, well, why, why are you guys laughing? Okay, they were fucking losers. That's what they were. Um, uh, and they were looking for states' rights to own people. Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, I would say that... Um, I, I think that like you're saying that that we're not a country based on ideology, but you're now com you're, you've been like your entire argument has been about like how immigrants don't match the ideology of the people. I think they do. The basic values do. Um, as far as like chi the Chinese government buying up land, that's a problem with the Chinese government and the Chinese government can go get fucked in my book. OK, um, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I just don't see how the Confederate statues is, is a, is a, is supposed to be something that I'm supposed to be like replying to. Um, again, democracy, freedom, self-determination, um, uh, you know, the, the right to vote. These but are all things fair, that are very valuable. To be fair, Stardust, right? It's not uh -huh. just Confederate statues that are being torn down. Statues of Thomas Jefferson have been torn down because he owned uh -huh. slaves, Statues of George Washington. I would say that's wrong. I would say that's wrong. Yeah, and people shouldn't be doing that. But what's the difference between Thomas Jefferson, who owned slaves, and a Confederate general who fought to preserve the right to own slaves? Aren't they morally because equivalent? Um, not necessarily. I mean, Confederates quite literally were seen as traitors, right? They like tried to secede. They tried to go against like well, what Thomas the United Jefferson States government. Was a traitor to the British Empire, right? Thomas yeah, Jefferson but was a we are the, the United States is its own sovereign nation, right? So we we um he but may England, have been a traitor to won, England. So okay. He may have been a traitor yeah, to England, so but but England as well was kind of it, well. England England was um England was uh, uh had a pretty like unfair deal with us. Um, and I think as a country that is so far away from England that we have the right to be our own sovereign nation, right? Um, and I think that. Um, we agreed um, when we came together um, to these values, right? And to, to, you know, to go with like what the government decides and things like that. Um, and so when the, when the South decides to secede, and don't get me wrong, I love Southern culture, um, but I think Southern culture is completely different than like putting Confederate um, leaders up on a pedestal, right? Do you love um, Southern culture? I mean, you're... You're you're totally uh, hostile. I mean, I think you proved my point. Honestly, you totally proved my point because you have no roots that are tying you to any of these people. And you say, why do we have monuments to traitors? Why do we have monuments to losers? Well, why do we commemorate the Native Americans or the slaves? I mean, were they not losers when they got dominated and conquered by us? Why? I mean, I mean are you, listen, are you listen to me. Why? Why did why did people? At the end of the closing of the West, why did Buffalo Bill and all these people commemorate the Indians? Why do they commemorate Geronimo? Because our culture, the American culture, was chivalry and honor. And I was never taught that I was never taught that the Confederates, Robert E. Lee, were just traitors. 
the the teaching was always that Robert E. Lee was a chivalrous and skilled general, and he fought because of his personal honor, his loyalty to Virginia. That's what we were taught. That's what the military academies taught. That's what everybody was taught. And even people that would go to Gettysburg, that would go see all the battlefields in Fredericksburg, the wilderness, they would still be able to take off their hat and say, you know what? These young men died bravely for what they believe. And that's what it was. It's about honor and chivalry. So I think it's a case in point that you're willing to just completely slander and just blow off all these I mean, honestly, these 17, 18-year-old young men that died horrible deaths in battle bravely because you have no roots to these people. We are not. We're not. But those, those statues aren't honoring those, those, um, those young kids who were forced into a war, right? Sure um, actually, the average person in the South didn't even um, own slaves, right? Um, uh, it was mostly like the rich people in the South who were owning slaves, so right? So why can't we honor the average the ones, Confederate soldier? And, well, because those aren't honoring the average Confederate soldier, are they? Uh, many of them are, actually. A lot yeah, of them, yeah, many, of them many of them are just like the faceless, yeah. you know, this faith, faceless soldier. And also, oftentimes, yes, the general is the representative for the whole unit and the whole army, obviously. Like an equestrian statue, you know, obviously your average foot soldier wasn't on a horse. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is just the case in point. There, there's no tie or no no uh, honor, not even – and here's the here, – I think here's the crux of the argument. Why were all these statues erected when a lot of these Union veterans were still alive? Why do these Union Civil War veterans have less of an issue with these statues than immigrants who came here 150 years after the fact? Why is that? How come well, the men that actually fought these right? people, how come these people that the men that actually fought the, the South weren't wanting it's to tear down the statues? It's not necessarily the immigrants, though, right? It's people whose ancestors were enslaved, right, who probably have more of an issue with this than even immigrants do. First off, first off, um, the Confederate, um, the, you can say whatever you want about these Confederate soldiers, but again, they were still fighting for states' rights to own people. Um, and guess what? Owning slaves is lazy. It's, it's lazy as fuck. Get, get a job, do your own work. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's what I think. Do your own fucking work and don't own a fucking slave. Um, uh, when the rest of the country has decided that, um, that owning slavery or owning slaves is a bad thing, it's time to get with the rest of the country. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's Americans. It's not immigrants that are, are, um, protesting the, the, um, these statues being up. It's Americans and not immigrants who are proposing that we take these statues down. Well, I mean, you can make the same argument, you know, well, slavery is antiquated and they just needed to get with the times and they lost. Well, you know, living in teepees and scalping people and going on, you know, raids to America. They were they were here. Well, yeah, for but they just had to deal with we the times, here. you know. But right, we still right. commemorate right. them. Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, I will you can say respect that. An enemy. I will say that that plenty of um, there are plenty of cultures um around the world that we can say um have practices that aren't the greatest, right? But that doesn't change the fact that one Confederates were traitors. They actually were literally traitors. Okay, whereas like the people that we conquered conquered are not traitors they're just people that we conquered i mean is there ever a justification to be a traitor in your mind to your country stardust if it's doing something that you don't agree with or you feel like you're being imposed upon by the state 
Um, if if the if the state itself is like, for example, um, and this is again like very, I I don't see this happening, but maybe like in a in a case where like the state is. Um, Um, hurting, uh, like an average, have, hurting the majority of of the average people and against their will, right? Um, violating their autonomy, right? Violating their violating their right to to freedom, yeah. right? That's that's well, an issue. I, I don't know. I, I hate to argue this or whatever, and I'm not even really trying to argue it, but I'm just bringing it up. The people in the South, right, felt they were imposed upon because. Their entire economy was built on slavery, and they felt like the North was taking that away from them, and that their way of life was being imposed on by the other half of the country, right? And so they felt like they were being shafted and that they wanted to leave, right? So that's, that's kind of where they were coming from. They it's wanted to leave to... so they could keep slaves. Yes. Hmm. Yes. I mean what it is that's that's what happened mm -hmm. at that time but yeah. look we're getting a bit into the weeds with the civil war stuff i want to kind of bring it back to immigration we've talked a lot about the economy we've talked now about demographic change and things like this i wanted to before we got into super chats and things like that i just wanted to quickly give you guys an opportunity Stardust, president trump one of his most famous things is these people are rapists they're bringing crime are criminals and some i assume are good people and that really launched his campaign because he spoke to immigrants coming in and committing crime do you find or is your opinion that immigrants are more likely to cause crime than americans like uh, domestic americans or what's your stance on that um uh, i think from all the data that i was looking at um Illegal immigration isn't correlated with violent crimes, uh, and or it isn't it isn't correlated with violent crime rates, and it's not causal. Um, but um, and there are also there's like a lot of research that finds that illegal immigrants are actually much less likely to be incarcerated than native-born Americans. So um, I don't think that I, I see like his concern um, around it, but I don't think it's correct. So. What do you think, CWC? Um, I mean, I, I think the crime issue is a big one, but I, I would say it's it's largely irrelevant to my uh, my position on immigration. I mean, even if immigrants committed no crime, it's the cultural destruction, it's the replacement that I feel like is the most insidious part of it. So like, even if someone were telling me, like, oh, immigrants don't commit any crime, it's like, well, the issue is we're still being replaced. Uh, we're still importing people with no roots to the history. And again, it's just, you know, Stardust, your reaction to the, the Confederate statue issue, I think, is really telling because it shows that, you know, people whose ancestors had no, you know, none of your ancestors shed blood in any of these battles on either side, with all due respect. And why are these people that had no, nothing to do with this more angry about it? You know, like marching like they're hardcore unionists in eighteen. It's with American natives. It's with Black Americans and white Americans. It's not even with like immigrants that much, right? Um, uh, like as far as uh, like immigrants and their involvement in the taking down of these statues, I don't know all of the all of that. But like as far as like if if Black Americans who have 
no way they their entire roots are in America and they find that why are we why are we putting these um statues up of literal traitors of people who were fighting for states rights to own people um uh, then i i see their argument i see where they're coming from i don't think this idea of me not having like roots is 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 really relevant either i think we're all taught the same history throughout school right we we go through school and from the moment we enter school we're taught american history and we're taught about how fucking great america is and it is great and we know from our parents especially if we're immigrants how much they wanted to be part of America, how much American culture dominates globally, how how um, American values are are so valued, right? This this idea of an independent um, uh, uh, independence and hard work and and striving for better, right? That's the like a huge part of it, striving better for better. If these are things that are constant. In American culture, it doesn't matter what race I am. It doesn't matter what race the person next to me is. If we share these common values, then we're all Americans. But, you know, that, that's the thing, though. You, you keep saying the traitor thing, traitor, traitor, traitor to a country that, again, your, your ancestors weren't even a part of. But the, the thing is, is at the end of the war, the reason we all came back together is because they were still our brothers. North and it South. Doesn't matter it if, they, brothers, if my ancestors still... were a part of this. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. That does. It has no does relevance. Matter. No, it doesn't. Because guess what? A person whose ancestors who um, did have some sort of history here, it still doesn't mean anything for that person. That person themselves, their grandparents may have served in some war or something, but they themselves, they are equal to me because they have. Um, they have contributed. They have contributed the exact amount to this country that I have. If we're really, if we're going to go there, the, the, they have contributed the exact amount to this country that I have. We're the same age. And the only difference between us is that their parents um, or their grandparents served in a war. I'm sorry. You don't get to claim the valor of your grandparents. That's not something that you get to do. No, we have contributed to this country an equal amount. And I respect your grandparents for, for, for serving in the war. And I will thank them for serving in their wars. But you and I, we have contributed the same amount. Will you thank my Confederate ancestors for their service? Sure. You know what? I will, con- I will thank your Confederate ancestors for yeah, their service <laughs> because it wasn't their fault that they were forced into that war. Let's go. Base Stardust moment. <laughs> okay, it's stolen was... valor, though. It's stolen valor. You don't get to claim the. You don't get to claim the the honor of your grandparents. It's. I'm sorry. That's stolen valor. We don't. We don't do that shit here. We. That's definitely not American. So. Well, you should honor the exploits and and glorious deeds of your forefathers. I honor, I honor the an, my forefathers. I I honor the ancestors in America um, uh, of people who whose families have been here for generations. But I'm not giving the honor of fighting in those wars to somebody who's not fought in those wars. We don't do that. That is so disrespectful. We would never do that. <laughs> so. Okay, so what about current wars? Why do uh, why are Asians and Indians like severely underrepresented in the U.S. military? Uh, I'm not really well, sure, but um, I don't know. Uh, think... Why don't you know immigrants fight in the current wars? We, I know? mean, some some with the do, exception some of Hispanics. Mm-hmm. Um, all these immigrant groups are underrepresented. Sure, um, some do. I think a large we've noticed that, um, and I would have to look this up again, but I think I do remember a lot of the reason why people serve in the army is because they've had parents who've served, or because they they themselves aren't actually really 
um, uh, in economic situations where um, serving in the army actually um, benefits them, right? Um, and so there's there's always that. But I mean, I'm sure there could be more um, more representation of of, of uh, immigrants and people who have immigrant um, ancestry serving in the army. And I'm and um, yeah, that would be great to see. So very valiant thing to do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get it. Go ahead, CWC. But remember, folks, you can send in your super chats. We're going to get into that in a minute. Some people have some okay questions. Some are obviously just, you know, defective in the mind. So, um, but yeah, CWC, what did you have to say to her there? And we'll let you guys go for a few more minutes before we get into that, if you guys have some more stuff to say. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see more uh, of these immigrants actually uh, joining the military. A lot of these um, communities are not really pulling their fair share. And also, the South, it's funny because you say, like, all these Confederates were traitors, but their descendants, the men from the southern states, um, are very overrepresented in the U.S. military. So, and okay, a lot of our I bases are named after that. southern generals. What I would say to that is that I just like I don't give you the honor of of what your grandparents did in the in the army. I am also not giving you the blame of what your ancestors did. Some people will Boss. look at that and be oh. like, "Oh my God!" Like the problem was most liberals but you know what? Do. But you know what? I don't blame you, and I don't blame any person for ha having for their ancestors having owned slaves. Okay, just like I'm not blaming any person for their ancestors yeah. having um, been, you know, traitors, right? You know what? You're, you're... Then, Stardust. then Stardust, does white does white privilege exist then, based on what you're saying? Um, so white privilege is more more has to do with like the ability to accrue generational wealth, right? Um, whereas like the average black person in America. Um, hasn't uh, hasn't had the the same opportunities. Um, their family hasn't had the same opportunities to accrue that generational wealth over time because of things like redlining, things like slavery, things you know, all of these things that have um, contributed to that. So, um, so yeah, there is there is something called like white privilege. I don't, I'm not really of the type that's like, oh, let's you know, like I'm uh, you know the kind of like anti-white kind of like rhetoric. I'm not into that, you know. Like, so, are, you're not yeah. in favor of reparations then. You know, I, I don't know enough about it to really say anything on it. So, yeah. Would you okay. say you're pro-white? Uh, I'm pro all races. So. But would you say you're pro-white? I mean, I think white people have done some cool stuff, you know, like casserole dishes or are, are, are like, that's fucking genius, you know, like putting something in the oven and walking away and then being able to come back and it's done. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Yeah. Like telephones and electricity. Well, okay. Well, well. I mean, again, do, are we are we are we assigning like all of the uh, the um, the uh, veneration we give to people who invented these things to people who didn't invent them or or what? Like you know, so. What, uh, what do you mean thing. by that? Like when, when, when you're just because, like, let's say you have ancestors who served in a war. I'm not giving you that type of honor, right? Your ancestors deserve that, but you don't deserve. This is again stolen valor. So, um, if you didn't invite, if you didn't invent the telephone yourself, like, I'm not gonna like, you know, specifically say that you yourself are like responsible for it. I appreciate white culture, though. So, yeah. 
well, Thomas Jefferson, or Thomas Jefferson, you know, electricity, Thomas Edison. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, he says respects white culture, you know, I mean. Yeah. Everyone should respect white culture. The problem, though, is a lot of people on the culture. left say white people don't have a culture, you know? So, I mean. I think there's, like, American culture, and there's, like, your different types of, like, sects of European culture, you know? Like, Irish culture and Italian culture, and these are all very nice things. So, yeah. So. But American culture is, like, I don't know, I think it's a very mixed thing. It's a very mixed thing, and I think that's what makes it great. When did this turn into a 3v1, guys? What the fuck happened here? I thought this was a 1v1. Oh. No, everyone's oh. being very neutral, Stardust. I just have to bail CWC out. He's getting blown out so Yeah, I, I'm I just getting bad. blown out. I, I feel it. so bad for Ryan. I have to try and help him in any way that I can. It's okay. Hey, Stardust, you're, you're seeing what happens. It's racial demographics. It's racial tribalism. It you know what? That, you, the, it, it, you guys are lucky that I'm not going to claim racism, okay? You're very Need lucky. Yeah. Three men here. I, <laughs> oh, I, could be, I could be claiming racism and misogyny, but I'm we, not going to do that. I'm <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Just asking questions I'm joking, by the way. Them. I don't um, actually think you guys are, you know, so, yeah. I'm, so, I'm speaking kidding. of which, uh, during our, you guys' conversation and stuff, uh, I made a list of uh, questions based off of some statistics, things that I was finding for you guys and seeing uh, just quick one-liners before you guys get to Super Chat. So, um, just the first question, uh, is labor related to Western decline of birth rates or white ethnics refusing to work certain labor jobs, such as farmhands or crop pickers? And if so, please explain. And I'll, I'll go to you, Stardust. Sorry, could you repeat it one more time? Um, sure. Um, is labor related to Western decline of birth rates or white ethnics refusing to work certain labor jobs, such as farmhands or crop pickers? If so, please explain. I think the declining birth rate has to do more with like as as people we've seen as people um it, as countries get more developed you tend to see people have less children um also as people are more educated they kind of they wait more on having children they have less children um so it it happens to do more with like people are living better lives they want to wait longer um and um and they just want to have less kids uh um so, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are a bunch of different factors that play into it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not really sure what to say past that. So, Cool, cool. Uh, same question for you, CWC. Could you uh, repeat the question? Yep. Uh, is labor related to Western decline of birth rates or white ethnics refusing to work certain labor jobs such as farmhands or crop pickers? Well, I would say uh, immigration is driving the prices down or driving the wages down for these fields. So, of course, um, white Americans aren't going to want to work these jobs if the wages are depressed. I mean, you can, simply cannot compete with an illegal immigrant who is getting paid under the table for pennies on the dollar compared to what a legitimate uh, job would be paying. A lot of these jobs simply do not pay minimum wage. And we all know that the minimum wage is not a living wage. So good luck living on a illegal immigrant's wage, it's just simply not possible. White people tend to uh, put quality of life at a very high premium. And that's why um, people would rather maintain this decadent lifestyle and have one or no kids than having like eight kids, but living in abject poverty. It's just so something that we tend to not want to do at all. 
Cool. Okay. okay. Uh, next question. Uh, the majority of international students studying in the United States are originally from China and India, totaling 317,299 students and 167,582 students, respectively, in the 2020-21 school year. Only 53%, however, stay in the country after graduating college. What would you say to these statistics, and how does this affect immigration issues in America today? And I'll go to you this time, CWC. Well, I'd say I went to UC Irvine, which, uh, according to some studies, is 8% white. And yes, it was majority Chinese. And, you know, the reason I, I dropped out of UCI was there's simply no cohesion or culture there at all. I mean, it felt like a commuter school. There's no, I mean, hell, half these people barely spoke English. or it, There's the language barrier, which was very, very prevalent, um, very clannish. You know, people, the Chinese would click up. Felt like prison, honestly. <laughs> Just racial, you know, everyone was sticking to their own kind. And it was very lame. I, I try to, you know, befriend some of them, but it was very difficult. Many of them just, you know, I, I can't just, I can't really blame them because, you know, they, they couldn't speak English very well. But it was very awkward. Um, I don't really know what we're gaining educating all these Chinese who then go back to uh, Red China and compete against us. Or even worse, they stay here and compete against us. Not saying they're bad people, but it, it simply makes no sense to be uh, educating them when they are a uh, competitor country. Okay, okay great. Uh, what about you, Stardust? Same question. Yeah, so, um, so uh, I think that us having international, international students is a good thing um, because they come here, um, they give us their money, uh, it benefits us. They they give money that goes into our economy, um, and then uh, the ones that go back um, go go back with like you know this uh, prestigious um, you know schooling, right? Or um, the ones that stay here, um, they stay and they continue to contribute to our economy and continue to um, contribute to uh, to our society. So I think that's great. Um, and then oftentimes um, you'll see that uh, because they have family still back in those other countries, they'll send a little money home and that ends up benefiting not only us, but benefiting um, people in other countries too. And um, as we lift up uh, our um, our country through, um, through more talented labor and more talented people being here and working harder, um, we also are lifting up people in other areas of the world. And why would we want to lift up people in other areas of the world? Like, when imagine, like, good, we do good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, when China does good, does that benefit America? Um, it's better for, for us, yeah. If China does well, then uh, if China's doing badly, we're doing badly too. So, not uh, as bad, but we're doing pretty bad. So <laughs> so. When, uh, when China was doing terrible in the 1960s with the Cultural Revolution, America was doing pretty well. I mean, I oh, don't know. Um, also, you know, you say they give, they give money, the Chinese are giving money to us. They're giving money to the UC regents. Um, what, public education is extremely expensive. No one, ha half of Americans can't afford to go to any of the UC schools. And we have all these wealthy Chinese. A lot of them have, uh, parents that are in the CCP or they're very wealthy. They come here, they can afford to pay full price. Whereas, you know, uh, native uh, born Americans, you know, they might be, uh, they get the discount for being California citizens. So it's in the best interest of the 
public schools to have the foreign students because they're making more money off of it. And what would you say to an American student who studied his tail off and applied to go to UCI or UCLA and his spot was given to a Chinese immigrant? How would you tell him? How would you make? How would you counsel him? Make him feel better, um, and say, "Hey, like this Chinese guy's going, but uh, here's why this is a good thing." Uh, so generally, I can very much relate to that struggle because um, I'm somebody native, native-born American. Um, believe it or not, I was born in America and raised in America, um, and I check off the Asian box whenever I'm applying to things um, for college. So, uh, so the odds are very much stacked against me. Um, so I can definitely relate to that. Um, uh, the Asian demographic is, uh, you know, like it's very, very cutthroat, um, trying to get into any college. Um, but, um, at the end of the day, uh, these foreigners who come to our country and study here, they do benefit us economically. They, um, they, uh, because they're giving more money there, we've got more money left over for like things like grants and things like that, um, because they're paying full price. Um, and I think that, um, that in, in the long run, these things help us. Um, uh, sure. Some things like within, um, the way that we classify race in America can be like done, redone and done better. But um, but in, in the grand scheme of things, I think these are things that benefit us. So great. Uh, okay. Oh, do you want to respond, CWC? Well, no. I mean, you say benefit us. Um, these things definitely hurt white Americans. That's for sure. So when you say us, I don't know exactly who you're talking about. I mean, I, I know so many white men specifically that are getting screwed over because of affirmative action policies. They simply are not, they're, they're not able to go to these colleges because they need to fill these spots with minorities. And, you know, my first class, my first year, first semester, there was like eight white people in the entire lecture hall. And the class was race and ethnicity and political science. And I was told my professor, a second generation Korean immigrant, um, a self-avowed Maoist, and she said, that a white culture is based on slavery and racism. And here I am being told by this second-generation immigrant from Korea, and mind you, my great-uncle shed blood in Korea trying to save them from communism. Her parents moved here, and then she promotes the same communism that we fought. And then all these people in the lecture hall are not white, with the exception of eight of us. I'm not exaggerating. And I spoke up and I took issue with that. And I said, how dare you say that white culture is based off slavery, lynching, and racism? That is minimizing everything that my ancestors did. And after class, this girl came up to me. She said, thank you for saying that. She didn't want to speak out because we are the minority. So as white people become the minority, we feel the pressure. We feel like we are being minimized, vilified, and erased. Okay, so I would say that uh, that professor um, was pretty whack and probably shouldn't have said that, and I can agree with you on that. Um, uh, but I would also say, like, this is just the, this is, I mean, we just need to make it better to be, we need to educate people to be better with minorities, right? Like, this is just the minority experience. 
I, I can definitely relate to the experience, again, of somebody being in the Asian category. The odds are very much stacked against us. Um, we have, like, it, it, it's just it's impossible, right? The, how cutthroat, um, the group is. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, as if like there wasn't some bigotry that we all had to face growing up as well. Um, there, there always was right. Um, so yeah, there's, there's always going to be these pains, uh, when we've, we've got situations like that. We just have to do better to try and like make those situations better. Right. Um, I don't agree with, I don't know why your, why your teacher was a Maoist. That's, that's got to be like the dumbest thing on earth I've ever heard, but <laughs> I can agree with you on that one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like being a minority sucks. And we, uh, we white Americans really should want to avoid that because it doesn't sound, you know, for, everyone has always talked about how bad the minority experience is. Sounds like uh, we should be avoiding that at all costs. You're not really selling me on the idea of letting us become a minority in this country. Well, what did I say that, that, that made it, so that, I mean, everybody's going to be race mixing, you know, we're, I mean, we've already been doing it. Um, Are you race uh, mixing? Again, I mean, well, I'm, I am not, but, um, I, because I'm not seeing anybody, but, um, but, uh, yeah. But you're um, open to it. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I'm, I don't really think about things like that while I'm doing this, you know, but, um, uh, like from a personal point of view. So, um, right. Uh, what I was saying is that, um. That, you know, again, like I said, like, you'll find, like, Hispanic people, um, after being here for a few generations, don't even consider themselves Hispanic, right? Um, uh, you'll find a lot of people who, after being here for a few generations, they are, or even one generation, their only identity is American, right? And that's what it should, or at least their primary identity should be American. I think that's, I, that's, that's how it is for me. My primary identity is American. I can't see myself being anything else. So, um, so I, I understand like the, the fears of like being a minority, um, and these growing pains, but, um, we just have to make things better for, for minorities, right? Okay, great. Do you have a rebuttal to that, uh, CWC or we I mean, it sounds good on principle, but you know, I was in the extreme minority and nobody was looking out for me, you know, there was no white student union. We're not allowed to do that. And I, I just do not see that being allowed to happen. You know, I don't, I don't trust uh, the new majority to let us advocate for ourselves. There's no, nobody allows any kind of white advocacy. It's taboo. And uh, would you, would you be supportive of a white student union existing at UC Irvine where 8% of the student body is white? Um, I guess, I guess I, I would have questions about it. Um, like, is it like white specifically? Is it like Irish? Yeah, is it yeah, like white, Italian? white specifically. Let's just say white, white specific. I don't know. I would have to really think about that one. Um, why, uh, why is that? We're minorities. I mean, don't minorities need to have self-determination? I guess advocacy? so. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Oh, well, see, yeah. I, I, the problem though, is I feel like most people, most liberals would not agree with that. Most non-whites would probably be very hesitant or even against the idea of a white student union. And that's the problem. We are going to be putting ourselves at the mercy of people that don't have our best interest in mind and aren't sympathetic to our self-advocacy. 
And there are things like Christian problem. student unions, right? And there Irish student unions. Why student town. unions, though? Because it, we were talking about racial minorities, what the conversation uh -huh. was. Okay, so, but like, what, what would make somebody white? Well, I think you and I can both tell who is white and who is not. I mean, there's black right, student unions. There's not like a racial I, purity test to get into the black student union. And there's no, allies no, I, too. No, no, no. I don't think that there's, I, I don't think that there would be like, yeah, obviously like there's yeah. no racial the purity test. Thing, you know? We're going to hold up a paper yeah. bag be like, hey, you know what? Well, no, no I mean, I, white students and our allies, you know, okay. advocating for us. Okay. Would you be open to that? Uh, I think about it. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep thinking about it. I think uh, as white people become a minority, I think that is an inevitability. And white I've advocacy been a minority is my already... whole life, you know. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Um, it was not it was not easy times for me, like after nine eleven either. That was a pretty pretty bad time for me. Nobody really uh, knew the difference. Um, but like uh, again, I I still I still wouldn't choose anything else other than being American despite having been through that experience. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't choose anything to live in any other country. I wouldn't choose to have any other set of values than American values because I actually do think that America, uh, America and American values are the best in the world. So, Okay. Uh, I guess we'll go on to the next question then. Um, should illegal immigrants be allowed to vote? If so, why? And I'll go with you this time, Stardust. Uh, illegal immigrants, I'm not, I'm not really sure that they should be, like, are you talking about, like, in national elections? Just any, any elections. Uh, probably like not. State, you know, local, federal? Probably not. Pro probably, you know, when, um, when they become, like, citizens, they can vote, so. Okay, same question to you, CWC. They should be in jail or deported. They shouldn't even be here. Um, and if we're tolerating them, they should not be uh, that insolent to demand the right to vote. That is an, just a double slap to the face to all the Americans who live here. And hell, even the immigrants that actually uh, did it the legal way. So I think that's absolutely asinine to even propose that, frankly. I mean, that, that's just tolerating the violation of our laws and the violation of our border. It's, it's a complete subversion of our national sovereignty. How is it a subversion of our... Well, okay, so so I'm not saying... I don't think that they should vote. But, like, with the exception of that, right, if they're not allowed to vote, how how is, like, immigration a, a violation of a national sovereignty? Well, illegal immigration is what we were saying. So when you, like, penetrate the border and you evade law enforcement to, like, sneak in here, you know, I mean, a border is such an integral part of national sovereignty. So naturally violating the border. I mean, when governments violate borders, it's an uh, act of war. That's an international incident. And so when individuals violate the border, that is also um, an attack on America, in a sense. It is, it is showing a disregard for, you know, we Americans have a national border and we have laws. We say, you can only come through our border with our permission. So what kind of message does that send when you sneak in without our permission? You know, like if I um, snuck into your house, that would be uh, that would be very nice, would it? You know, you're supposed to ask for permission for crossing the border. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, I would say that um, 
the argument about uh, us being a sovereign nation more has to do with like what what the definition of a government is, right? And the definition of a government or or a government institution at least is that like governments have um, the monopoly on um, on like use of violence, right, or use of force on on people to enforce laws and stuff like that. That's that's more of like what a government's role is um, to enforce the laws, things like that. Um, and so, being a sovereign nation um, really doesn't have much to do with the borders. Um, actually, being a sovereign nation would 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 allow us to do what we want with that border. Um, it's more about the government that we have. So, uh, I don't. Uh, just a quick question on that. Stardust, would you be against then, uh, like the wall and and the, the all that stuff when Trump was in office? That was a big contingency. Just to touch I, on what you said. I don't know um, the effectiveness of a wall. To be honest with you, um, I don't. I don't know about the effectiveness of a wall. I think that like I'm not open borders either. I think maybe like some sometime in like the future, like um, however many decades from now, maybe that could be a possibility. But it's not something that's like uh, something that's a good option for us right now. So, what do you think so, about a wall for the north? You know, to keep those filthy Canadians out. I think we should definitely have a, a wall in the north, a, an electric you. wall. Honestly. Oh, oh. <laughs> Now everybody's racist against Canadians here, folks. They have mean, look, discrimination against Canadians, it never ends. Keep your never moose fucking... away from us. We don't want them. We need right? a minefield oh, on the north, look, honestly. You know, I, I've pressed Stardust a bit during this, and I think it's only fair that I press uh, CWC a little bit. Um, CWC, you know, you've talked about how, you know, this is really bad for white people, immigration and stuff like this. But isn't it true that the whole time white people have been in favor of these policies, that they voted for these policies? That, so therefore, like, how can we blame it on immigrants when it's white people ourselves who've decided to become a minority? And don't we have the right to allow ourselves to become a minority? Well, there Is never was a we want? well, there never was a vote on immigration. You know, the the Heart Seller Act, like I said earlier, it was sold to the American people, like. This will not upset the racial balance. In first centuries, up until 1965, we had explicitly racial controls on immigration. Excuse me. So there's never been a plebiscite or referendum on immigration. Um, there's never been any kind of vote explicitly on are we going to become a minority or not. And Donald Trump won in 2016. And I view that as the American people voting to... Uh, close the border and stop this demographic chain. But the and, American people also voted for a name, man named Barack Hussein Obama, you know, whose family immigrated from Kenya. You know, isn't that almost like a, a, a validation of that concept that America is a nation of immigrants? Just as uh, much as Trump's election is a, is a rejection of it? Uh, I would say no, because the vast majority of... White Americans voted for Trump in uh, 2016. Many people that voted for uh, Obama in 2012 still voted for Trump in t 2016. And uh, also, the even Barack Obama was not pushing this radical. Um, he he was not as open with the open borders agenda until his second term. And, and, and I mean, some people would say that Trump's election was less so about his popularity 
but about the unpopularity of Hillary Clinton. And he didn't win a second term. Joe Biden did win presidency in, in the 2020 election, running on a platform of, you know, he said that, you know, the dreamers could become citizens and things like this. I mean, that was his platform. He won. So, I mean, there's been a lot of elections in American history with a lot of candidates, and it seems like the policies have continued to be that we're in favor of immigration. Well, uh, yeah, the, I mean, we just keep seeing this, the white voters continually supporting in, in uh, a majority Republican candidates, anti-immigration policies. And, you know, a lot of this anti-immigrant, this nativist sentiment is suppressed on social media. And I think we saw a lot of voter fraud with the Biden election, but still a majority of white people have supported Trump. Majority of white people support immigration controls, border security. And it is because of continual immigration that the white vote is being reduced. So, yeah, you can say that, you know, these pro-immigration policies are being voted in, but the electorate is being changed. So, I mean, you are highly nativist. You are very pro-white in your rhetoric. A lot of people would question that rhetoric coming from a person named Sanchez. You see, they would say that you're not white and that therefore, you know, you're basically discriminating against yourself because you have Hispanic heritage. What would you say to that? Well, my uh, my ancestors first came into what is now America 400 years before I was born in 1598 with the Juan de Oñate expedition. My family were conquistadors and settlers who I can trace my family all the way back to the 1300s in Spain. So, you know, the vast majority of people that are Hispanic in this country are not white or they are mixed race. But, um, you know, we proud Hispanos of New Mexico, we are the, the remnant of the Spaniards. So I identify as white. And also the racial classification system in this country is, you know, not the most accurate. Uh, Hispanic is a cultural category, not a racial one. Obviously, there are black Cubans. Um, but I am a white American. I identify as white. And, you know, until I say my name, everybody always says I'm white. So there's never been any question with that. It's just American ignorance, honestly, when it comes to the racial question. Okay. And, and I'll, finally, I'll do one more because, you know, I, I just want to be equal on this. And I was pressing Stardust a lot earlier. You know, white people are responsible for a lot of awful things. I mean, white people perpetuated the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. White people perpetuated the Atlantic slave trade. White people genocided like 100 million Native Americans. So if white people end up getting genocided in Europe and in North America, isn't it kind of like what goes around comes around? Was that a question for me? Yeah. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know if that's a good argument. You know, I, I say all genocide is wrong. So, you know, like I, I agree with Stardust. You know, we shouldn't hold people accountable for the sins of their ancestors. So, yeah, I, no stolen I, valor here. Yeah, I am. Uh, I don't support genocide or ethnic cleansing. PPP, that's, uh, I don't know what you Canadians are uh, up to up in the North, but, you know, that's reprehensible, frankly. What do you, you, you don't think, Stardust, that white people 
kind of deserve to be punished for their their sins in the past because no. white people have oh so you think that there should be a completely level playing field between whites and the other races in america there shouldn't be affirmative action or anything like that not necessarily that so like things like affirmative action again are for well well wait, wait a minute okay so the the difference here is that right um Things like affirmative action are meant to um, to lift up people who have been held back generationally, right? Um, it's not to punish people for um, for having been born in the circumstances that um, have uh, given them more benefits than the average person. So, um, so if you, for example, um, are black and your ancestors were enslaved, um, and then they had to deal with like racist laws and redlining, things like that, and they had more trouble accruing generational um, wealth um, and passing down that wealth, then it makes sense that affirmative action or some form of, of affirmative action is in place to help people who have those disadvantages. So it's not meant to punish anybody. Um, uh, um, but yeah. That's but in effect, it does punish one. Um, it depends on how you view it, I guess. I mean, I think there are ways we can like, um, I think there are ways we can improve affirmative action. So it's like, it feels less, um, uh, less like that for people. But I still think that it's... Less, but I mean, it will still be punishing white people. I don't think it's day. punishing. I think it's I think it's helping. It's giving a, a helping hand to um, a group of people who, again, have not had the same opportunities to uh, to have generational wealth uh, and to um, have that wealth passed down. Um, these are people starting from a very disadvantaged place. So, and again, I'm not somebody who benefits from affirm affirmative action. I, I I very much do not uh, benefit from that. So, okay. Uh, I think we're, we're getting coming up on two hours in, so we should probably get through these super chats. Um, let me see here. We've got, uh, anonymous for three, uh, almost half 47% of convicted rape cases in Sweden are committed by immigrants, despite them making up only 20% of the population. This is a trend all over Europe following the immigration boom. As an American woman, Stardust, are you frightened of this happening here? Uh, the I mean, look, I don't know the um, all of the intricacies of of um, of uh, immigration in Europe, but uh, from all of the research that I've seen, um, immigrants into the U.S. Um, uh, tend to commit less crime than the native popu population. If I were worried about somebody raping me, it would probably be somebody part of the native population over somebody who's an immigrant. So, yeah. PWC, do you want to comment on that at all? Or? Um, well, I guess she's right. You know, the people that would be statistically more likely to uh, sexually assault um anybody would be part of the same racial group as those that are doing the uh, sexual assault in um Europe it, it's a little different because you know like chinese immigrants or even hispanic immigrants aren't as likely to sexually assault somebody as like african americans for example whereas you know the immigrants that are going to europe are um different than the ones that are coming to america although there are like a lot of somalis moving into uh Nova, Northern Virginia, uh, Minneapolis. So, 
All right, Lord Aragon, tip $3. He says, culture collide like the Rodney King riots. I'm not sure what he meant by that, to be honest. Uh, Cucky Simster says, uh, Stardust, you are going to be my war bride. Okay. Uh, Graham for three. Any nation, and I mean ethnic people under the sun, has the right to its preservation and to perpetuity, and a territory is home for themselves on this earth. The current anti-national project of global homogenization is a type of genocidal revolution. And Graham added, uh, to add to my previous comment, people are not interchangeable economic cogs. Countries are not economic zones or tenement blocks. Ethnic ties matter. The place, the land that you, your people, and your ancestors and your posterity, posterity live in matters. Um, anybody want to say anything to that? Nope. Wow. All right, Brian Dunn for thirteen thirty-seven. This is a message for Brian. How's it going, buddy? Can you give us a rundown on your day so far? It's a great day. Uh, it's always a good day, man. Life is good, brother. <laughs> life is life is good for Brian there. Oh yeah, uh, every day. <laughs> Trashburger tip four twenty. Why are two brown people arguing about the demographic future of a country built by white people? Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, let's see here. King Kai d tipped a dollar. My name is Kai. I'm totally white. All my ancestors are from Eastern Europe. Schwemmer. But it didn't fit in the space allotted. Now the message based CWC done one, based PPP one until the heel turn. Well, that was a face turn. I'm going to the left, brother. Man bun one. All felt dust needs the BWC to set her straight. Oh, boy. Uh, Hi, chill. Chill What's out, BWC? Big white cock, Stardust. Oh, okay. Yeah. Zemex tip $2. Stardust, do you think every country worldwide should open borders in the same way you advocate for the U.S.? If when so, have I advocated for open borders? The question's wrong. <laughs> you're not for yeah, I think you already borders. answered that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Pissick tip 333. So is Stardust saying that one non-white immigrant will be a doctor and that makes up for the 30 non-white rapists that came in, but when white people invent the things she uses every day, she can't attribute those good things to white people. First off, I appreciate, um, uh, white people ancestors who made the oven and have made casserole dishes. That's a very nice invention. There are a lot of other things that I appreciate. Um, uh, second off, where are you getting the statistic for the 30 rapists coming into the country? I'd like, I, I've never, <laughs> never seen this. So I want to see that one, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, repent center, uh, for 10. We need to keep non-whites out of my beloved infantry and combat arms as a whole. Go be a pog parasite and no women in anything but medical or supply. Uh, well, he's opened up a can of worms there about the military. Well, CWC arms is overwhelmingly white. That is true. Okay. Well, those are the fucking super chat. Not a ton of super chats for you guys tonight. Nobody is that into it, I guess. Are you just Over. not reading some because they, they were ruder? I can take it if there are ruder ones there, if you if you want to. Uh, I, you don't have to be uh, nice to me. Well, I'd ask... Uh, let me see here. 
are you guys are you guys for or against birthright citizenship? Are I'm against like, it. But you, but you, Stardust, are you for or against like birth that races? you were born here and that you you are a citizen? Yeah, yeah so I'm like, I'm for it. Yeah. Okay, so. so just just because the example would be if two illegal immigrants cross the border and have a child, you'd be in favor of that child being a citizen, even though their parents came in illegally. I mean, it's it's kind of the way that it's always been. I don't really see. Like, I would have to look into that more, to be honest, so, yeah. I would, what would I, you I, say I, about that, CWC? Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. Uh, about birthright citizenship. Oh, yeah, no. Birthright citizenship, it, it's ridiculous. It, uh, it's, it's not used pretty much anywhere in the world, and I think it should be... Uh, it was used as a stopgap for, uh, for slaves, former slaves, to be given citizenship, but... In the era of mass migration, it's uh, all it's doing is encouraging anchor babies. Okay, love is a dog from hell. Tipped a uh, dollar eighty-seven. Wait, is this the brown sugar Beardson is always awkwardly failing at hitting on? Uh, is that the case, Stardust? Are you the brown sugar that Beardson is always awkwardly hitting on? I don't think I need to say much. Uh, you know, so you guys are friends, right? <laughs> you and Beardson, you guys are pretty close. Uh, we're we're uh, we're friendly. I think. Um, I don't think he views it as friendly. I think it's friendly because I think it's. I think I have fun when um, when you know we're like going back and forth. I don't know how much fun he has. He seems pretty upset sometimes, but yeah. yeah. Well, well, can you tell <laughs> him to stop uh, avoiding my challenge to a boxing match? He keeps trying to ignore it. He keeps pretending he has What is the boxing it. match meta? Everybody's doing boxing matches now. Yeah, well, it's a adapt or die. Each other on the internet. They just want to beat each other up. It's just some real blood sports. Yeah. You should box somebody, Stardust. Who would you box? He uh, didn't he try to box you? He he asked you to I box. Think he yeah. did. I think he did ask we, me to box. Yeah. We watched that. He said that he was gonna beat you up in the ring legally or whatever. The thing he is, he him. keeps calling me fat and saying like you're so fat and all that. And I'm like, all right, if you want to box, I'll crush you. If you're saying I'm so fat, <laughs> they think you won't crush me. You won't crush me. All right, am I fat or am I not fat? Which one is it? Stardust. One... He's just coping because his wife cucked him with a black guy. I mean, right now. His wife is getting fucked by a black guy, and he can't handle Whoa. it. You should see his gaming streams; they're right, amazing. Well, I'm not going to comment on that. Um, uh, but you know, face big black cock, fucking Beardson. There. That's the only reason why he's we, mad. I'm just we saying. Love that's, our that's black literally friends. is. That's literally it. Beardson stays angry because his wife cucked him with a black guy, and he's just eternally angry about it. I'm going to stay out of this one, guys. <laughs> uh, he had said three thirty three says let's get the lot of you guys dunking on Beardson the Hobbit. Well, we're kind of there. We're all kind of being unified in our uh, message <laughs> that Beardson is a, a pathetic Hobbit that's divorced. His wife left him. You know, his life's a disaster. All he has now is clinging to Nick Fuentes, the Mexican child leader of the white race. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with this PvP. He's amazing. Anytime he streams his video games, it's just, it's like young DSP all over again. Just screening obscenities, loves hating on all the blacks, yelling statistics, fight me IRL. It's amazing. It's I love it. I love his streams. They're uh, great. 
Okay, uh, Dan Zamet for 420. Great stream. PPP wins always. Uh, and Beardson tipped 333. Stardust, if I outbox you, I get to suck your feet? Uh, you think about that one, Stardust. I mean, Beardson is known for his foot fetish. He's uh, done multiple streams where he reviews women's feet. How do you, uh, how do you feel about that? You're going to stay classy and dignified on that one? You know, I, I think it's better if I, uh, I... I didn't hear anything that was just said, so... Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Noble. Right. Yeah. Noble there. All right. Um, I think that's it for our Super Chats here, unless that some come in in the next few minutes. Um, so I'm going to let you guys close out. Um, Stardust, do you want to give your closing statement and everything like that, and then we'll go to CWC? Uh, sure, sure. Um, okay, so I think my... you opened, right? You opened, and I think I did. Open. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So my opponent has mm -hmm. argued against liberal values, or most people on the left, or immigrants, rather than addressing me and the points that I'm raising. He seems to think I'm arguing for unlimited illegal immigration, specifically to undermine the people he sees as white. To summarize my arguments, immigrants fill jobs we can't take care of an aging population in the United States, and contribute to economic growth. We are facing a decline in birth rates, uh, and immigration is one excellent way to solve the issue. Immigration also contributes positively to our welfare system, especially in, if the age of the immigrants coming over um, is young. More immigrants means not only a benefit for our country, the flow of skilled workers from low-productivity product countries to high-productivity um, nations increases the incomes of people in the destination country, enriches the immigrants, and helps those left behind. All right, and we'll go to CWC, and uh, he'll close it out here. And then I'll read like the last Super Chats after that, and then we'll, uh, we'll end the show. Um, well, that was an interesting debate. Uh, Stardust, uh, you seem like a nice gal. Uh, some of your arguments were kind of kind of weak. I think your uh, your uh, bile, the venom you're spitting about the Confederate statues, you know, the traitors, I think that really spoke to me, how uh, invested you were in hating on these people that were fighting in a war that your family had no party in. But um, I never said you're for unlimited immigration. You made a lot of very, uh, you made some concessions, you made some very uh, logical points, so I'll give you that. Um, but immigration is bad for the native people. You said immigration enriches immigrants, but we know that the low cost of labor only benefits the elites, the uh, international capitalists, and big business. And I think that mass immigration is going to destabilize America and lead us to, unfortunately and regrettably, conflict. Okay, well, that was a great uh, closing statement from CWC. A couple more super chats here. Uh, Love is a dog from hell. He says, PPP, you're brilliant. Mexican child leader of the white race gets me to laugh to this day. Godwinson's forgotten hair for a dollar. Where is the Beardson racial draft? I need the real Kino. Also, PPP, where is the Godwinson archive? I need to know my father's legacy. Uh, the Beardson racial draft, I will cover that. Um, it was optically fucked. It's pretty funny. We will get to that. We'll probably wait until Worski's back for that. 
Um, the Godwinson Archive, um, there's a bunch of archives on YouTube still. I think there's like American Pride and uh, I don't know, man. There's not one comprehensive archive. There used to be a torrent that was around. I don't know if it's still around that had all the videos. But uh, if you go to my Odyssey, which is in the description below, there's a lot of Godwinson videos over there you can watch. Uh, Repent Sinner Tip 690. Uh, first POG is pronounced Pogue in military parlance, and two and second, Stardust should fight Ralph in Knoxville. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> fighting Ralph in Knoxville. Um, and Beardson again for $3.33. I was joking, you dumb bitch. I don't ever want to suck your feet, even if they were in my mouth and covered in barbecue sauce. Stupid brown bitch never in my life. It sounds uh, that, just like him. It really is, Beards. I was about I to say. That's my boy. Is that Shout the out. real Beardson? That's my I boy. Think he might have chipped in for $3 to help the show. Uh, we appreciate all the donators. We appreciate everybody that tuned in. We had over 700 watching at a certain point here, which was good. Again, it's a little less than we normally do on the channel, but this was a little bit drier. Although I still think it was good. I think there was some good sparring in here, some good discourse. It didn't go uh, too crazy and too personal and, you know, ad hominems back and forth. It was more of a, you know, a traditional type debate. It was informal, of course, but I, had I thought it went well. Uh, what did you think, Stardust? Did you have fun or did we, did we tag team fun. you too much? No, no, no. I had a lot of fun. I, I actually didn't mean anything. I, I don't mind like a dog pile. I like dog piles. So yeah, it was fun. I had a fun time. So uh, yeah. you th I, I just, I want you to think, you know, I, I was hoping I was. No, I think you were very fair. fair. Yeah, you were very fair. trying to be fair. You know? I was trying just joking. To... I was just joking. Don't worry about it. So yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, guys. Well, that'll be it for this uh, edition of the Kino Drome. Yeah, uh, thanks, final... PPP. Yeah, Thank the you poll for having has uh, CWC winning 76 to 24. But mm -hmm. if 24% of our audience is saying Stardust won, I don't know, CWC. It's it over. Be... It's over, bro. It's over there, bro. I don't know there. It's <laughs> not good. But, uh, no, I think it was good. 